All right, this is exciting. I really wanted to just let you know that I am starting a new podcast. Actually, I've already started it, and it is called Three Quick Things. This podcast is basically an extension of Minimalish, and it can be found on our Patreon page. So you can go to patreon.com slash minimalish to find out all the things about Three Quick Things. This is going to be a fun, lighthearted Friday podcast episode where my goal is to just be very real, to invite you in, not only to my life, but also to guests that I'll have on those episodes. And my husband's gonna come on every once in a while as well, kind of bringing back the Minimalist Family Podcast. Every single week, I'm gonna bring you three quick things. I'm either learning, I'm loving, or I am struggling with. And it's not just going to be me every week because I personally think that would get boring. This is for you if you love Minimalish and you want more. Each week you want to dive a little bit deeper, to have fun together, and to just have more of a conversation about everyday life things. And if you do hop over to Patreon to get access to this podcast for $2 a month, you'll get this weekly podcast. This helps keep minimalish up and running and i am super grateful for you and your support so hop on over to patreon.com minimalish let's get to today's episode this is minimalish i'm your host desiree and before we get started let me be clear this podcast isn't just about minimalism it's a podcast about living fully over the past few years i've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes, but we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that promises you'll be happier if you just get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. This is episode 82 and I'm your host Desiree and I am so glad you're here. Today I am sharing with you a conversation with my friend Melinda Fuller. She is a mom, she's an author of the book Obedience Over Hustle, which we talk a little bit about in this interview. But mostly today we're talking about her journey, her family's journey to living on wheels. They are currently living a nomadic lifestyle They went from 3,000 square foot home to a very small trailer where they are working and homeschooling full-time in a small space as a family of four traveling the United States and Canada. It was really interesting to have this conversation in the midst of a pandemic to where this has changed all of our lives, whether we whatever our home looks like, whether it's on wheels or it's a traditional home or whatever in between. Although I did want to talk to Melinda mostly about her family's journey in this tiny living lifestyle. I also wanted to talk to her about her book because I think the message is so in line with what we talk about here on Minimalish. And her book is called Obedience Over Hustle. So towards the second half of the conversation, we are talking about hustle culture. The culture that says you need to add more to your plate, you need to chase your dreams at all costs, 
no matter who you leave behind and who you leave in your dust. And I think that being really engrossed in this message of hustle culture, of boss mom, whatever you want to call it, boss lady, it's not just a message that moms get roped into. It's, I think it's really targeted at women in general. This message can leave us feeling like we need to do more to be worthy and we need to have more on our plates and we need to be busier and that will add to our worth. And I think what happens is that this causes burnout. And of course, the message here on Minimalish is that a slower pace can be more fulfilling. Less stuff, not just in our homes, but also on our schedules, also on our calendars, can help us live a more present and fulfilling life. That conversation that we do have on hustle culture is a very faith-based conversation. And I just want to encourage you that if the faith-based part of this podcast that comes up simply because my faith is really important to me and I am the host of this podcast. It is a part of an intentional life for me. If you don't share the same faith as me and as Melinda, I encourage you to listen anyways and think about how these concepts apply to your life. Take the concepts we're talking about and apply it to your own beliefs and leave what doesn't work for you. So I just wanted to encourage you in that. In That applies to every single conversation on here, not just ones where we bring in faith. All right, with all that said, let's just dive right into my conversation with Melinda. All right, I'm so excited today to have Melinda Fuller on. Melinda, will you just, first of all, introduce a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, So I'm a writer and kind of got started blogging and writing and I'm an author now. And I'm a homeschooling mom. Uh, This is year five for us. And um, my husband and I worked in the church and ministry world for, you know, our entire adult lives. And last year, we decided to sell our house and sell pretty much everything we own. And we bought uh, an RV, a fifth-wheeled trailer, and a truck and decided to move our family into uh, a trailer and travel and work and homeschool from the road. And be full-time nomads. That is awesome. And I'm so excited to just dig into that because that's such a big a big decision and a big lifestyle change, especially uh-huh. with kids. And so, Definitely. Um, so I want to hear more about that. I want to hear about just why you made that choice as a family, um, your choice to, to live on wheels, your choice to live in a much smaller, you know, home and yeah what what all went into that yeah okay so in 2018 my husband um worked away from the home 150 days in the calendar year and so at the end of 2018 we looked at everything that was going on and just said this isn't sustainable he was missing too many things to two girls who are school aged and He was missing birthdays and performances and just the day-to-day. And um, we were living in Northern California at the time and we're in a position where we were able to sell our home. And so we had just finished a massive renovation. We had a 3,000 square foot home. And so we sold our home and just decided rather than putting down roots somewhere else, let's go on an adventure. And so my husband worked from home by then and his company, um, he works remote. And so we 
could kind of pick and choose wherever we wanted to go. And we already homeschooled and I worked and wrote from home. And so it made that part of the decision really easy. Um, most people who know us fairly well, they were shocked initially to hear that we were moving into an RV and then said, oh, but that's not really that surprising for your family. <laughs> um, <laughs> both, um, so I'm Canadian and all of my family still lives in my small hometown in Canada. And my husband's, my, my in-laws, my husband's parents um, had retired in Mexico about 10 years ago. And so for my kids growing up, to go see a grandparent and to get on a plane. So they both have had several passports at this point in time. Um, every five years, we just renew that for them. They have had already been to about a dozen states before we got on the road. And adventure is kind of in our blood. Um, my husband and I have only not been to Alaska and South Dakota. Otherwise, we had already seen a lot of the country already. And then we've also traveled overseas and been to several continents as well. So the adventure part of this goes really, really deep. And we were excited to just take the kids and show them, you know, more of the country and be able to explore the national parks and different cities and places that we've lived because we've lived in several different parts of the country and um, just expose them to more than what they were getting in their little suburban, you know, bubble. And so here we are. Um, at the time of this recording, we've been on the road for almost eight months. So, Wow. So what was the adjustment like? going from the bigger, you know, define big, I guess it's, <laughs> it's a relative term. But for me, I, I feel like, you know, in my mind, I did a similar, not, not the same for sure, but we did a similar thing as in we downsized homes. So has that right. part, what has that part been like for you? Um, and just, what have the adjustments looked like and what have you learned as a family through all of this? Yeah. Um, so I think I thought we were pretty minimalistic to begin with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you start purging your house and you realize how much junk you have. Yeah. Um, and I just like to full disclosure, we live in a 42 foot toy hauler trailer. So we have about 400 square feet. So we went from, um, like a 3,000 square foot house to 400 square feet. And then the only piece of furniture we kept was an, a piano. Otherwise, we got rid of all of our furniture. And we have like a five by five storage unit uh, in Portland, Oregon, which is our um, state of residence. And that is mostly filled with like children's things, a lot of books, because we have had a big library and homeschool things. Um, my KitchenAid mixer, because I didn't want to have to replace that. Um, and then like heirloom things, like all of the handmade quilts that my mother-in-law has made for our family and things like that. But there's no furniture. Um, so whenever we reroute ourselves somewhere, we will be starting with a blank slate. And that was really freeing for us, actually. Um, when we were getting ready to sell our house, just basically making three piles. Like this, is, we are either going to pay to store this item. Mm -hmm. We are going to take this item with us into an RV, knowing that we have very limited storage, 
or we are going to donate it. And really, we didn't sell very much. Um, a lot of our furniture ended up being sold in, um, was included in the purchase of our home. And so that, that was nice to not have to deal with, you know, Craigslist and dealing with people coming to pick up things every day of the week. Um, and we donated a lot of curriculum and books and things like that to local homeschool co-ops and groups where we lived. And so we actually gave a lot of things away. And it's amazing how simple life gets when you don't have to make as many decisions because you don't have as many things. And what you're holding on to is something that you really, really value and you really need and it like brings joy to your life or um, yeah, it's just something sentimental. And so that was several months, that process. And it's probably my husband's definitely more pack rat than I am. He has a harder time getting rid of things. My kids, um, my kids actually did a pretty good job purging their things. You know, we told them, okay, here's one box, a small box, and you can bring everything that fits in this box. And then everything beyond that, we're going to have to talk about. And so they did a really good job choosing which items were really important and worth bringing and then giving away a lot of the other items like toys purging their clothes like I have two daughters and they are princess to the max and so mm -hmm. I said okay well we can't bring all of these dresses so you can bring like four or five dresses each and a rule for us is one in, one out. So if they get a new outfit, then we need to get rid of an outfit because I'm not buying more hangers for their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Like when, when the hangers are full, then you can't get any more clothes. And if the season changes, then we need to get rid of things. And so that's been really helpful. And you just learn to use less and appreciate what you have more, I think. It's... Um, yeah, it's been really freeing for us, actually. More, more so than I even realized. And the longer we're on the road, I mean, currently I have a giant trash, like um, kitchen trash bag full of clothes to go to the Goodwill. And then like a big, uh, an additional box of books that we've read, games that my kids no longer play with, and just items that we're not using and they're taking up valuable space. And so they are all going to Goodwill as soon as we can get to one. Yeah, that's, that's just so awesome. I feel like it's more, it's even more of like, there has to be such a tangible, you know, unattachment, if that makes sense to you, to your stuff as yeah. you are in this small space together and as you are living the idea of experience over things, I would think yeah. because you're traveling and, and because you are doing this as a family, what has it been like? Like, has there been a noticeable difference or what have been the struggles even of just being in such a small space together compared to the space you had before, like with, with the people, <laughs> with, with the people yeah. that you live with. Yes. Um, so having your own space and time is very important. And so, um, we only have one 
extrovert in our family of four, and that's my oldest <laughs> daughter. And so she has probably been the one who struggled the most with this lifestyle shift because we haven't always been with families. Um, that being said, there is a large amount of people who full-time travel and live the nomadic life with families. And I mean, with families that are four, five, six, seven, eight children living in a motor home or some sort of trailer. So there's a lot of us out here and that's really great. But for several months, we hadn't connected with any families and we were kind of alone. Um, and that's like my personality was okay with that. And my other daughter and my husband were more on the introvert side. And so we were kind of okay being in nature by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I would say that the, like the best thing that we did was we purchased um, our trailer has a designated room for my husband and I, and then there's a room with a door at the back for my kids. And so everybody has their own space or can have their own space. Um, and for me, I have to be the one to say, Hey, mommy just needs like a couple hours this afternoon, either to finish a project or I'm going to go read, or you guys can watch a movie tonight and I'm going to go to my room and just have time by myself. And I think you just, you know, it's something that we have to do regardless of where we live. But I think especially in a small space, it's being okay with saying, I just need time by myself. So we've all had to give one another grace for what we need, whether that's, um, you know, time to go out for a walk by ourselves or just be sequestered in a bedroom with the door closed and headphones in. Um, there are ways to still find quiet in alone time. And we've just had to, you know, adjust our expectations a little bit. Yeah, I think that is definitely relatable. Exactly like you said, no matter what size home you live in, for some reason, there's this guilt associated with the idea that you might need to retreat and, and rest for a while. And I can relate to that, especially right now while we're talking, we're in early April. So we're in the middle of this pandemic, this global pandemic. And a lot of us have more people in our homes than usual, plus the added stress and anxiety of all that's going on in the world around us. So I think that that permission to, to ask for what you need with that alone time is totally relatable right now. Right. So someone's listening to this and thinking to themselves, I am stuck in my house for for, uh, (laughs) weeks on end. And once this is all over, I have a new perspective on life. I'm selling my house. I'm going off on uh, RV and traveling because I'm not allowed to right now. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Or if just anyone has has been interested in, in living tiny or whatever you want to call it. Um, what are your recommendations for just beginning out on that journey? Yeah, I would say get on YouTube and watch everything that you can. There are several 
sem- like dozens of people who have channels. We have a channel. There's not very much content on there, and it's not very good. So go <laughs> go find somebody who you know clearly is a videographer, photographer, and watch their videos. There's so many channels. They all have their own slants. You know, there's full time families. There's dual income, no kids channels. There's people who you know are retired and just on an adventure. There's people who are taking a year sabbatical. So it's kind of what your specific circumstances are, but there's a lot of really fun content, useful content for how to get started. What is it that, you know, is the most important? Um, Yeah, I would say start there and just start doing the research and get inspired and We did that for several months. We just watched everything that we could from several families that we knew who were already doing this. And we realized, oh, wow, they're doing it and they're successful. And then we realized, wow, there's actually a lot of people who are doing this. And for different reasons, you know, whether they want to take their family on an adventure or whether they just can work remote, and so it doesn't really matter where they go. There's a lot of people out there making it work, and um, for some people, it's uh, fin- there are financial reasons. You know, this is an affordable way for a lot of people to live, and then there's people on the opposite end of the spectrum who are living like, you know, this is the last year of their life and they're just cramming everything in and they're enjoying it to the full. So there's a wide range of experiences that you can have. Um, But I can't think of a better education for my kids in this season of their lives. And we've met so many incredible people and done so many amazing things. And even though it is the beginning of April and we are living in the day and age that we are with everything going on in the world, I'm still glad that this is what we are living in Um, as far as like this is our home. It's like our safe place. And um, and I'm I'm glad that we're in it. So... um, For anybody out there who has ever thought about it, dreamt about it, said, well, maybe one day, I would just encourage you to ask the question, why not now? Because that's what my husband and I have started saying with, in regards to other dreams that we've had that we've always put off to, okay, one day when the kids are older and instead of making that the excuse or just you know, we're going to do it later, we've started asking each other, well, why not now? Why not? Why not do this? And when people ask us why we are doing this, that's usually the response that we give. Why not? We can. So why wouldn't we? Yeah, that I love that. And I feel (laughs) like that question, that that sort of question kind of helped us make huge uh, just a decision to to move to where we wanted to be. So just kind of a similar idea of we wanted to be in one part of the country, we we're in another part, and it was always the idea of holding it off until it seemed like the perfect things lined up. But yeah, that idea of why not now is such, it's a motivator because it it kind of takes into question like, okay, what am I putting my values in that is stopping me from doing the things that I'm saying would be something that's important to me, you know? So I love that. And 
I love that. I feel like minimalism kind of helps us. I, I feel like it brings that question into our lives even more so. So I, I just love that that's your journey. And I, I don't even know what to say about all that's going on right now. And to think that, that this is like, how long have you, what was the goal? Did you guys have an end date in mind? Like how long you're going to be living in an RV or what does that look like for you? Yeah, we said we're going to give it a good six months. And if we hate it, then we'll, you know, we'll do something else. But we just wanted to at least try for six months. Um, I would say within, I think the goal was always a year. Like we'll see what we can see in a year. We wanted to see all of the, you know, the lower 48. And I would say probably within like four months, we had said, oh, a year. Like that goal has come and gone. And there's so many things that we want to do now. And there's no way we can do it all that fast. Um, so before all of the pandemic, <laughs> yeah, we had plans for the rest of this year through Christmas and then plans for next summer. Um, obviously none of the things that we had planned for this spring, um, are going to happen and probably most of the summer is still up in the air and we're not really sure where, when and where we're going to be able to move and what's happening next. But, um, like I would, I would say, unless something t terrible happens and we had to put down roots, like we're going to be in here for, um, I would, my guess would be a couple of years still. Yeah, I hope it encourages others that have been thinking about it and when when they're able to, to, to make those steps forward. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I'm excited to talk to you about the sponsors that are helping make Minimalish possible today. I want to tell you about Solid Gold because if you have a pet or know someone who does, you'll want to know about them. 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. This is true for us, for humans, and for our pets. And Solid Gold is passionate about the gut health and the overall wellness of our pets. Solid Gold was the first ever holistic pet food company in America. It was started in 1970. 74 by Sissy McGill. She disrupted a male-dominated industry. Solid Gold's nutritional platform is inspired by their founding belief that high-quality food is the best way to impact our pet's mind, body, and spirit. And for over 45 years, they've been revolutionizing the holistic pet food category. They have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain and grain-free options, wet food, supplements like 100% human-grade bone broth, and sea meal, which is a supplement that I use for my golden doodle, Hemi. He loves the taste of it. And it's done wonders for his skin and his hair. I've noticed that he sheds even less as he's been taking these supplements. Solid gold foods are different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, balance with living probiotics, and fuel with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids. They support gut health and nourish your pet inside and out. Right now, you can go see the Solid Gold Deal of the Week. Go to solidgoldpet.com minimalish. That's solidgoldpet.com minimalish to see the deal of the week solidgoldpet.com slash minimalish. I also want to tell you about Kyrgyz. Help make your home somewhere you want to be. Kyrgyz is on a mission to bring you comfort, coziness, and hygge to your home. 
They are committed to creating opportunities for the fine people of Kyrgyzstan. Each pair is handmade using centuries-old felting techniques, which make your feet feel warm and cozy. And wearing Kyrgyz celebrates the cultural heritage of an ancient part of the world, and every pair is handcrafted by artisans who are paid a living wage and work in a safe and supportive work environment. Wool is a special natural material that's sustainable, renewable, naturally breathable, comfortable in all seasons, and odor and stain repellent. I can tell you that I wear my Kyrgyz a lot and they do not smell at all. <laughs> so take it from me, they are odor repellent. The natural properties of wool will always keep your feet at the perfect temperature no matter the season. Your home is your sanctuary, your safe place, and Kyrgyz can help you treat it as that. By putting on your Kyrgyz upon arrival at home, you're signaling to yourself that you can leave the worries of the outside world outside. Their newest model, Tangries, are unique, and the felt is softer, more pliable. It'll fit your feet like a warm hug. They have high backs with a pull-on tab. Once you're in them, you won't want to take them off. I love my Tangries. They are maroon. They're super cute. They keep my feet perfectly warm, and I just love them. So visit Kyrgyz.com and use promo code MINIMALISH to get 15% off your order. That's K-Y-R-G-I-E-S. Com and use the promo code MINIMALISH to get 15% off your order. All right, friend, let's get back to today's episode. So you also wrote a book called Obedience Over Hustle, and I really want to talk about that too because it, the idea of it is it's something that resonates with me so much. It's something that I think is something we we talk about on this podcast a little bit. We we talk about the idea of hustle or just the idea that for some reason we all feel like we need to always be busy, always doing something and and what can we do to combat that? So, I want to know kind of what is this book about? This idea of obedience over hustle. What does that mean and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, so the um so the book actually never started as a book. It was just this uh, idea. It was an email that went out and to some friends about how much I hated the whole hustle culture. That was several years ago. Um, and I was just having conversations with some of my writer friends. You know, it was kind of the height of the girl boss movement where, yeah. you know, everybody and their mom has a gold stapler from Target and <laughs> is hustling hard all day long, like just all of those things. And I was feeling like I'm tired of trying to keep up. And I had actually quit my day job um, I was a massage therapist for several years when my kids, before my kids were born and then when they were little and, um, I was still working. I, we had just started homeschooling and I was trying to write and there was like way too many things. I wasn't doing anything well. And I really felt like God had asked me to give up my day job, like this career that I've worked really hard for. And and so I did. And um, it was kind of a risky move at the time because we had just um, increased our living expenses and moved into a larger rental home at the time. And my husband was working for a church and not exactly an executive salary. And, um, and then I quit my job. And so it really didn't make any sense on paper, but we were totally confident that this is what God wanted us to do to like really focus on the kids and their education and not just starting homeschool to endure for a year, but we really wanted longevity from that decision. And so um, 
and I couldn't do that well and work 30 hours in a, in a chiropractic office. And so um, it freed me up to pour into my kids. And now, five years later, I'm really seeing the fruit of that one decision. And I really just felt like God was saying, like, I need you to trust me in this. Like, you are hustling so hard to be productive in all of these different things. But I haven't asked you to do all of these things. I'm just asking you to do a few things. And so I focused on writing. I focused on my kids' homeschool. And then I focused on loving the people in our neighborhood and my community really, really well. And that was it. And everything else I said no to. So if an opportunity at my church to like, um, you know, women's Bible study or come to this playgroup, this mops thing or whatever, I just said no to everything else so that I could really invest myself in these three things. And, um, and the fruit of that was really beautiful. And so more and more people kind of started showing up to this conversation. And a friend of mine said, I think this might be a book for you. And, I kind of pushed her away for a year and then um, my husband's like, no, like you really need to, to write this book. And so, um, you know, we, the idea is that God can do whatever he wants with, with our efforts if we just surrender them to him instead of strive. And um, we talk a lot about the heart in the book and it, it's not just like the hustle as far as our side hustles, our jobs. I have no problem with side hustles or women making money or businesses or any of those things. If that's what you, God is calling you to do right now. If you are doing those things and sacrificing your family in your hustle, whatever that looks like, then I would say God probably would like to have a conversation with you about that. And so we address like the issues of the heart and how hustle for a lot of us isn't just like earning a paycheck. It's more about like validation, recognition, about feeling um, like my purpose and fulfilling my purpose. Um, like that's what gives me um, life. And, um, and we talk about Jesus and how Jesus's life was never like, he never prided himself, um, on being busy and he was okay to just sit with a bunch of kids and talk to them or talk to one person. And he wasn't out trying to, you know, speak to millions and millions of people. So, um, yeah, when, when I started shopping the book, I actually had an editor at a massive publishing house tell me, you'll never be able to sell it with the word obedience in it um, because it, that's just not marketable and nobody's going to buy a book that's about obedience. Mm -hmm. And um, a year later, I had a contract <laughs> with a different publisher and um, I'm a first-time author, and my book was on the shelf in 12 months, which, 12 months, which is really fast. Most times it's 18 to 24 months from the time you get a contract, and, um, and it only took me three months like, to have for my agent to shop it and sell it. So I feel like even that part of the story is just like God showing me that, like, Melinda, I can do more with your efforts if you just open your hands and surrender the dream to me like just let me do what I can do you need to come and and bring your part but it's when we work with God in partnership with him that the really amazing things happen instead of 
trying to kill ourselves to accomplish everything on our own. Yeah, that and that's so prevalent in our current culture, just this idea that we can work ourselves into validation and work ourselves into feeling purposeful, but I don't know. I've, I've never really, really worked myself into feeling lasting purpose or lasting joy or validation. It's kind of, it's a fleeting thing. So what, you know, what are some, can you talk about a little bit about like, what does it look like to be caught up in the cycle of hustle versus what it would look like to choose obedience over that? Yeah. So let's say, let's do like the mommy hustle. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. that because that's one of the chapters that we talk about in the book is the idea that, you know, Jesus is there with the disciples and there's all the little kids who want to get close to him and the disciples are shooing the children away because in their mind, there is a more important population for Jesus to get to. There are more important things and it's um, and it's the disciples are the ones who are trying to hustle Jesus into a more productive place. Like, why are you running around playing with these kids and pulling them up into your lap and loving on them? Like you should be out preaching to the masses or healing or whatever. And I think that's a really um, relevant um, story Mm -hmm. for most parents because I think it's really easy for most of us to shoo our kids away um, because we think we have more important things to tend to. And I remember the first time hearing my daughter say to me, when are you going to put down your phone and come read to me like you told me you were going to? And it like, it ruined me. Um, Because at that moment, she realized that my phone and whatever, whoever I was talking to or whatever I was doing there was more important than keeping my word to her, which was, I'll read to you later. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is like an an example of like choosing to obey what God has put in front of me right now. Like God has called me to be a mom. And so that means that what is right in front of me is loving on my kids, serving them, being fully present with them and not treating them like an inconvenience or, um, uh, a distraction from what it is that God's really called me to, or as something that is less important than the, the really great things that God has like created me for, or given me a dream or a destiny to fulfill. Like if you have children, that is your calling and that is your purpose. And not that you can't do both, but the question that I would ask is like, what, what is it that God's really called you to right now? Because I think there's a lot of people who are doing things that not bad things at all, but maybe God's given you a dream for something and you assume that that means you have to do it right now. You know, um, I love the story of Martha and Mary. I think there's a lot of us, um, who, 
identify with Martha. You know, she's a doer and she gets things done and Mm -hmm. she's the hostess with the mostest and all of those things like beyond first century Jewish culture, which says, which said a woman's role is to serve the men in the house. Beyond that, I have to believe that there is some part of her who really, um, was joyful in that role. Like she enjoyed doing some or all of those things. Um, and Jesus comes to her and he doesn't shame her for what she's doing. And he never calls what she's doing bad. He just says, Hey, there's something else and you're missing out on it. And I think that's a really freeing statement for a lot of women because we are trying to do all of the things. And Jesus comes and says, Hey, I'm not going to say that what you're doing is bad, but I just need you to reevaluate. Like it's time for you to recalibrate because there's maybe more important things that you're missing out on because you're trying to do everything. And the reality is we can't do everything well. There's maybe only a couple things that we can juggle all at the same time and do it all well. And it's when we start saying no to the other things that we can fully embrace the yeses that we've already given to God and do those things well. Yeah. And I think our, you know, our culture glorifies certain things over the other. So like you said, it's not that it's not that you can't do both or it's not that you can't, you know, have a career and be a mother or whatever that both and things look like thing looks like for you. It's just that, I don't know. I feel like with motherhood, there's always this idea that, okay, but what else are you going to do? And for sure, you know, it's, I, I think with the, the stories you just gave as examples, this idea of, of presence of being with the people in front of you is, is part of that. And if we're constantly thinking of and striving towards our, you know, quote unquote dreams or whatever it might be that, that we feel like, we have to hustle towards then how do we how do we have space for that presence so i i love that i love the concept of um just this idea of thinking about what what does it look like to be obedient and what does god have right in front of you that we are overlooking so i'm so glad that that's something that that you've written about where can your book be found oh amazon um, <laughs> yeah. um, but like anywhere online, like Target has it online, um, and anywhere Christian books are sold, you can pick it up anywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with us. And before we go, I have two questions that I ask every guest. So the ah. first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? Oh, something that I'm simplifying right now. That is a good question. Um, <laughs> hmm. I think let. Uh, my homeschool schedule is getting really simplified because I have to be honest, like in the midst of the pandemic that we're living in currently, the weekdays and the weekends kind of all look the same. My husband isn't working right now. And so um, we're trying to make sure that we are still setting aside time to do fun things and have simple joys. And so we are doing like a four day school week so that we can like have fun Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's probably something that is needed right now too. just, I feel like 
the the mental and emotional pressure of all of this, no matter what situation you're in, is just a lot. There's a lot weighing on for us. Sure. So I'm yes. sure that break is good for your whole family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my second question is, what is something that you can stop talking about right now? Mm, um, rest and Sabbath and... Um, taking time to disconnect. And I, I feel almost like some of us are in like an extended season of that right now. Um, but Sabbath is something that our family really started celebrating and observing um, several years ago. And then really when we got on the road, taking one day to literally unplug, turn off our phones. We don't do any chores. Um, we you know, we make a meal ahead of time, we sleep late, we read books, we play games, we go for walks, um, and we just really refuel together as a family. And that, that's something that I can't stop talking about. I love that. I That's something that we have not fully implemented quite yet in our family, but um, we've been, have you read the TechWise family? by Andy Crouch. Yes. Yes. So that, yeah, that has been kind of, it's something we're kind of exploring of, okay, what would Sabbath look like for us, especially from technology? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it took us a while to get there. You know, we, um, you know, we started with putting our phones on mute, um, you know, turning up all the notifications for a day. And then it was just leaving them in another room. And then I remember the first time I just turned it off for 24 hours and I remember turning it back on and going and just realizing, Hey, the world didn't end. Um, <laughs> I, d I didn't miss anything. I didn't miss out on anything and nobody really missed me. Like it wasn't like I had, you know, 15 voicemails from people wondering where I had gone for 24 hours. Um, so I, I think I loved that book. Um, and, but it's a process, you know, I, I don't think anybody can just flip a switch and turn everything off all automatically. It's, it's definitely a process. Yeah, absolutely. It's a process that we are working towards. So it's encouraging to just hear about your family diving into that as well. But thank you so much for just this conversation and your encouragement. And overall, it just feels like your family is truly like practicing what you all value and practicing, I guess you could say like practicing what you preach with the idea of obedience over hustle and just this idea that your family has made such a life change. And mm -hmm. I'm thankful that you shared that with us all today. Thank you for having me so that I could share it. I hope it was encouraging. I hope this conversation encouraged you in some way today. I know that Melinda and her family's journey is extremely inspiring to me, especially the idea of just living more present together and living in such a small space. There's so much that can be learned from that, even if we don't plan to live in such a small space ourselves. I think the idea of how much stuff we actually have just because it fills up the space that we have is an interesting thing to evaluate. And whenever we do have a smaller space, that's just not even 
an issue typically because we have to reconsider what we bring in if we do want to have spaces that aren't completely cluttered. I also just love the question of why not now? I think that question is so important and so helpful in making decisions and in just living a full life. Instead of pushing back and pushing off things that we really want to do for ourselves or for our families, we can ask that question, why not now? And maybe reconsider that you know, even though this thing seems scary or different than other people, than what other people are doing, that doesn't mean it's not for us and not for now. And of course, I am all about that conversation on hustle culture. I know we applied it through a view of motherhood, but even if you're not a mom, just remember that you don't have to put more on your plate. You don't have to do more. You don't have to chase every dream or every inkling of a dream all at once. You don't have to live at the pace that the world is telling you that you need to live at to be a productive and worthy human being. A more present and slower pace has always been better for me. And while I am absolutely a working mom that is chasing my own dreams, I find that if I pick up too much, if I fall into that story that says I need to chase my dreams at an extreme pace that leaves my family in the dust, I feel extremely unfulfilled. Of course, if I think in the other direction that I'm not allowed to have my own thing because I'm a mom, I also feel extremely unfulfilled. So there really is a balance when it comes to that. And I think that that balance looks different for everyone and only you can decide what that looks like for you. When it comes to the idea of picking up too much and and not being able to be present with the people around us, that is a concept that is applicable to everyone. One last reminder that at the beginning, the very beginning of this episode, I did put a little bit of an announcement out there that I have a new podcast that is happening exclusively over at Patreon. So if you want to join in on that community, go over to patreon.com slash minimalish, see what it's all about. As always, I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you listened in. Share it with a friend, share it on Instagram if it encouraged you and if you think it would encourage others as well. And I will talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.